Welcome back to episode 39 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I get my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Assassin's Pride, released in 2019 by Studio EMT Squared. It has 12 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched it in sub. As for how I discovered this series, it was through an add-on Crunchyroll and it got picked out at random. Kufa Vampir is an assassin who has been contracted to observe Melita Angel, the daughter of an important family. Melita is unable to attain Mana, the life force used in battle. Kufa, under the guise of being Melita's new attendant, has been given the mission to evaluate the likelihood of her being able to access Mana. If he determines she cannot unlock the power, he has been given instructions to kill her. After a short time with Melita, Kufa has decided he is going to do everything in his power to make Melita stronger and keep her alive in order to achieve her dream. I liked Assassin's Pride the first time I watched it. I noticed many flaws, the show was by no means perfect, but I didn't understand the hate the series received by other reviews. Watching Assassin's Pride a second time for my review, I started getting confused right from the start and it scared me. Had I been defending a series all this time when it was in fact terrible? Kufa is on the train explaining the world and I was like is this even English? I had to reread it a few times just to understand it. It was worded oddly but pretty much the gist of it is these people live in a light fixture and monsters exist. When Lankanthrope was mentioned my mind went to an association with werewolves so imagine my surprise when they turned out to be these pumpkin headed scarecrows. I wish the series had played more into Kufa having dual personas. He looked all sweet in the mirror during the opening and then he turns and we see the evil glare in his eyes. I felt that was a missed opportunity this season that could have been capitalized on. I never felt after the first episode Kufa had any intention to hire Melita at all. I think they should have had him save her on a whim and then the rest of the season have Kufa go back and forth on whether he should kill Melita or not. Have her get short with him one day and show an inner dialogue like I should cut you down right where you stand. Then have Kufa outwardly smile and be like oh you don't seem like yourself today milady what's wrong? Really play on him pretending to be a kind tutor when he still has the kill mission in the front of his mind. Kufa's primary mission is to decide whether Melita is capable of becoming a battle maiden. Deciding to take action on his secondary mission after only one day almost felt like a mercy killing. He found it painful to watch Melita fail knowing her dream had a slim chance of coming true. You know what would have been hilarious? If when Kufa gives Melita the potion to unlock her mana it was actually poison. He decided to go with his original plan and just kill her there. Have this be a one episode anime. Kufa is an assassin in the White Knight Guild. He joined them in order to protect his sister. I liked his coat and how it cut off at the elbows, yet he wears long sleeve shirts underneath. It looked really cool. His blade is a katana, but the guard looks like something you'd see on a two-handed broadsword. And his weapon position being behind his back instead of the side was different too. His grappling wire was so sick, I wish he used it more often in both travel and combat. Kufa is a badass and intelligent when it comes to fighting. The series started off in the middle of a fight. The first shot of Kufa slicing through a bullet was nice. The rest of the battle showed Kufa is skilled. He takes down multiple enemies while jumping and flipping around. The animation and picture quality was okay. It was nothing special, but it wasn't so terrible you could classify it as bad. It kind of fell right into the classification of mediocre. I will say the colors everyone got while using Mana, it looked bad. Almost like it was an afterthought to be like, hey, let's give everyone their own color. So right before release, they went back and scribbled over everyone with a different color pencil. Now Melita is Kufa's target and is considered an incompetent, talented girl. 
Even without Mana, Melita is still rich rich. Did you see how many maids she has, plus a private instructor now in Kufa? Mana is granted to those of noble means and awoken around the age of 7. Melita now being 13 has yet to attain it. Where Melita has been unable to use her mana, her grandfather insinuates her mother wasn't faithful in her marriage. Questions begin to arise to whether Melita is a true member of the Angel household. Her grandfather would send monsters after her with the purpose of unlocking her powers. If she were to die from an attack, it's a win-win in his book. Melita's family is horrible, her father doesn't acknowledge her and won't give her praise after winning the first fight. Melita's fighting form is excellent, but without the ability to harness mana, she is at such a disadvantage when competing against anyone who can. Her goal is to join the Crest Legion Guild and fight for the people. It would have been nice to explore them further, but I like the setup of different classes. Melita being from a family of paladins, the majority of the series is spent on her hiding her samurai class, which she received due to her mana being awoken by Kufa. When the secret gets out, and it looks like she isn't a part of the Angel family, her father is like, I think your great-grandmother had connections to the samurai class. What a lucky save. Melita is willing to do anything to reach her goals. When given the option this can either give you mana or possibly kill you, she only took a moment to say let's do it. I hate Nerva, no one likes a bully, she only got the better of Melita because she couldn't use mana. I couldn't wait for Nerva to be put in her place and it didn't take long. Kufa had the good advice, let your classmates continue to think you're weak, they will see what's good soon enough. During the tournament, Melita wrecks her while only being able to use half power. I love Melita not activating her mana until the last moment before contact. This fight had two of my top three quotes in this series, starting with number three, just because your opponent has a weapon doesn't mean that's necessarily what they'll attack with. My second favorite quote in this series is after Nerva's ultimate attack which did nothing, Melita at first mumbles, then speaks up with all the confidence. Instructor's attacks were more frightening. It was smart the show hadn't shown the viewer any of Melita's training under Kufa, so when she pulls this out it's like damn what the hell have they been doing for the past week? I hated Nerva returning Melita's book. Nah, keep that same bully attitude you had before getting smacked around. I disliked the show trying to make Nerva an ally later in the series. Melita forgives everyone who wrongs her. Nerva, Ellie's hag servant, the girls from the academy that turned her over to the ridiculous mass council. Stop turning the other cheek and start taking off heads. I'm not a fan of Melita and Kufa as romantic partners. He is 17 and she's 13. Gross. But damn Kufa can be a smooth bastard. How could Melita not fall in love with him after he caught her from falling off the balcony during their first meeting? Did you see that speed? He got under her with time to spare. Kufa is just like Ted Bundy, a killer who turns on the charm with the ladies. Look at the way he interacted with Rose helping her off the train, or how he speaks to Melita after saving her from the Lankanthropes. Other times he can be really dense towards a girl's feelings, after Melita and Ellie have a falling out, Melita is eating alone in the dining hall while everyone is eyeing her. Kufa stands next to her like a servant instead of sitting down and distracting her from the isolation. Melita is extremely jealous of Kufa fake dating Rose. Just look at how she clings to him while they go off in their date. At first I thought Kufa was really putting the moves on taking a girl on a little flying date, but he always had a secret mission and motives in his mind. Melita is the first person to accept Kufa's vampire form. They have a kiss and she promises to keep that side of him a secret. What she didn't keep a secret is kissing Kufa. She couldn't wait to throw that out there. I didn't care for the fake Alice in Wonderland trial and Kufa looked so dumb in that top hat. Those two fighting together at the end while Melita thought back to her training was a super cool concept. The actual fight could have been done a lot better. Then we have Rosetti. I feel like an idiot repeating myself week after week. Enough with the one in the billion chances.
Kufa greets Rose after they get off the same train and express an identical sentiment about the town. He has been hired to mentor an angel child, but guess what? So is Rose. They just have tons in common. They are also adopted brother and sister. Rose, of course, doesn't know this because Kufa had her memories erased for her safety. Great timing for them to meet back up like this, though. I mean, come on, why couldn't Rose just be a random girl showing an interest in Kufa? Did they both have to be tutoring angel children and be family? Rose may be a klutz falling down the stairs at the train station, but she's also an elite member of the Crest Legion. Rose is pretty famous being the youngest member to join that elite guild. She has even received special praise from the king. Looking back now, it's not surprising Kufa knew so much about her, it would make sense he would keep a close eye on his baby sister. You could see how happy he was when she hoped they could get along, but he had to reject her kindness, fearing if she were to get close to him, it could be dangerous. Rose's pouty face was cute and her mono wings were wicked. But I gotta say, Rose is an ass. I thought the girls deserved their secret party, eating good food and spending time together. When the witch showed up, I had no idea it was Rose. I thought it was another situation caused a mess with Melita. They had these girls in knee-deep water, scared for their lives, all for a practical joke. When the girls did remember they had mana, Rose was excited because she's so much stronger than them, it was a laugh for her taking them on. Kufa should be ashamed of himself for helping, but it did give him a chance to show that he's not just a stick in the mud. At least it started out harmless, Rose needs Kufa to act like a boyfriend to dodge an arranged marriage. Not wanting his sister to be unhappy with a guy named Dick, he pretends to be her boyfriend. Everything was set up wonderfully to make the audience believe Kufa was draining people of blood. What did these townspeople think they were going to do if they caught Kufa? He would murder them all in an instant if he wanted to. It never crossed my mind that Rose could be part vampire as well. Having it appear she was attacked threw me off her trail completely. Rose couldn't bring herself to harm Ellie, and having the spider survive and pull all the strings now was great. This story played out very well. After a very poor looking battle, we had Kufa sealing Rose's memories again. Rose should have gotten to retain her memories, it's clearly what she wanted. It would have also hopefully stopped her from trying to bag her brother. This is when quote of the series occurred. She wants to live alongside her brother and he hits her with the it's cold over here, I want you to smile in the sunshine. If that's not one of the deadliest lines ever, I don't know what is. After I initially watched this series, I was explaining this scene to Kaylee Kale at work when one of our supervisors walked past. He heard me say the quote and goes, Assassin's Pride? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that scene was fire. Rose's fake father is an eccentric weirdo. The people in this town murder somebody in front of a bunch of schoolgirls. Kufa should have gave the potion to Rose and lived happily. Her fake father let so many people die for his wife, they shouldn't have gotten to continue living. Elise is Melita's cousin. Unlike Melita, Ellie is a prodigy. Ellie is in the paladin class and her sword looked deadly. What do Ellie and Connor McGregor have in common? A 13 second finish. Ellie spared Melita the embarrassment just snuffing out her torch instead of whooping her team's collective asses. Ellie idolizes Melita and doesn't want to take her place as the head of the family. She seems content to be Melita's younger sister forever. Ellie wanted to wear the same costume as the other girls in the parade, but she's constantly pushed to be better than others. Ellie has all the power, but is scared of some poorly done-looking Halloween costumes. When Ellie and Melita were attacked by Jin, he chose the wrong Lankanthropes to come with him. Melita had been getting beat by them for so long, she shoved a torch in one's mouth and the other took it in the eye. So savage. Ellie needs to grow a backbone and tell her old hag servant off. If you love your cousin and want to be on her team, then say it. Ellie not believing Melita could beat her does the ultimate disrespect, I'll lose to you on purpose. 
That's not what Melita wanted, and now the entire week Ellie could have spent with Melita, at least during lunch and like free time, has been wasted because they won't speak to one another. Then we have Ellie versus Melita. I'll give Ellie credit, she didn't waste time finding Melita. Melita's crew coming in formation with weapons drawn was cool, the front blocking bullets and the rear defending physical attacks. I was getting salty every time Melita would go after Ellie, it would cut away to something else. Eventually, Melita uses the skill she's been working on to disarm Ellie and then rocks her world with punches and kicks. Knocks her down, mounts her, and asks who's weak now. Ellie got bested in every altercation we see her get into. For someone who's supposed to be a paladin, she sure doesn't show it. I appreciated Ellie much more towards the end of the season, calling out the advantage the other students had while taking the library exam are moments she shined in. Jin was weak. After he ran away from the first encounter with Kufa, he returns when Kufa's away to fold Melita in the museum and backhanded Ellie. Jin got a glimpse in their eyes and got shook. When Kufa came back around, Jin got a proper ass kicking. Kufa was unfazed and let Jin pull out his last resort weapon. Even after losing an arm, he still defeated the Chimera easily. I wasn't concerned about Kufa losing an arm because he didn't seem concerned. I also felt he had some healing ability after fixing the cat's leg in the streets. When Kufa's last name was revealed as Vampire, I was like, well that's like Vampire, but the show wouldn't be that on the nose about it. The series has Assassin in the title, plus it talks about knights, and with Kufa's class being Samurai, nothing about his fighting style screamed Vampire to me. I just didn't look too much into it, I'd already been tricked by Lankanthrope, so when Kufa began to transform, I was like, long white hair, is he aging? Then with the ice and cold blue eyes, I was like, oh damn, he's a white walker but he's announced as a vampire and I was like, what the hell? They made it so obvious. They rubbed it right in my face and I just overlooked it. I felt so stupid. The music during this fight and transformation was fire and Kufa let this bargain bin mummy live to pass on a message. Jin shows up to help Kufa defeat the necromancer later in the season. His switching sides was surprising. Black Mattia is an assassin in the White Knight Guild with Kufa. She has been sent to investigate Melita and Kufa as the guild suspects Kufa may be hiding information and refusing to complete his mission. The way she blew onto paper as it would burn into words was so dope. I use this term to insult people, but in this world it's a good thing. Black Madia is a clown. Someone who can possess traits to mimic most other classes. She can disguise herself as different people and use all sorts of weapons. I completely forgot about Black Madia taking Nerva's place in the Luna battle. The guard striking her was a good callback and it gave them some purpose. When she easily destroyed their blades, I was getting ready for a tough battle but Kufa knocks her down once and it was over. And she used one of my favorite words when Kufa comments on her true form, you savage. Alright, now we have nitpicks. In the first scene after the fight is over, Kufa asks how the Lord is doing. It already showed you he was dead a few moments earlier, you idiot. I would have killed Melita the first night I met her. She's going to be a fighter but her balance is so terrible she fell off that balcony for no reason. When Melita is being chased by the Pumpkinhead freaks, why did she have a wooden sword? Carry a real blade with you at all times. Melita's family doesn't think she's biologically her father's. You can have superpowers in this world, but the DNA test hasn't been invented yet. Black Madia says I'm a shadow always behind you. Dummy, depending on the time of day, lighting, direction, shadows can be on your side and front too. We have mana, magic, vampires, talking glass statues, and these girls believe witches don't exist while being chased by one. Now we're going to get into Best Girl Waifun Harem. Best Girl goes to Rose by default. The majority of the female characters in this series were annoying most of the time. None of these girls are waifu status and the only lady invited in my harem is Maid Amy. Final thoughts. Is Assassin's Pride great? No. 
Is it unbearable? No. It falls comfortably in the middle. I feel this series is one where you either love it for what it is or you hate it for those same reasons. I had fun with this series, and while it wouldn't be one of the first shows I'd recommend to someone, it's definitely worth giving a go to see how you feel about it. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.